happy Tuesday, my friends. I know there's going to be some certain individuals who are very excited today that are big listeners uh, of the show. One of them in Shawano, one in Appleton, are twins, Doug and G-Dub, who uh, originally from Shawano. Shout out to Shawano. We love you. Shout out to all our affiliates, WKTY up there in La Crosse, WAQE in Rice Lake, of course, WOTE, Clintonville, Shawano, WMAM, Marinette, we love you, and WOZN right here, Madison. Good morning, everyone. But... The Commanders have won their Super Bowl. The Washington Commanders take down the Baltimore Ravens in preseason game numero two last night, 29-28. to Commanders move to 2-0 in the preseason. <laughs> Why is this such a big deal? Well, the Ravens' historic preseason streak is over. The Ravens had not lost in preseason since... God, oh no, was it 2015, 2014, 24 games straight uh, that the Ravens had won in preseason, and finally they go down as the Commanders and Sam Howell. Get it done. Uh, I was watching some of that game, and uh, I was I was rooting for the Commanders. I kind of wanted to see part of me to see the... Uh, the Ravens continue on in their winning preseason ways. Not that it's that big of a deal. It's, it is kind of shocking, though, of how many wins they've had for so long. Uh, but, yeah, the commanders got it done. Sam Howell. Sam Howell. I'm, I'm starting to believe a little bit in Sam Howell. Washington's new starting quarterback threw for uh, 188 yards, two tutties, and uh, last-minute field goal uh, got the win for him. So, uh, yeah, 24-game preseason win streak for the Ravens, uh, who passed the previous NFL record of 19 which was set in the 50s by the Green Bay Packers. How about that? Uh, preseason probably – I would love to go back in the, well, 50s and see how the preseason was. That sounds a little weird. But see how regular season was, obviously. But go back in the 50s and see what they were doing in uh, preseason, how hard they were hitting because, um, you know, they're babied a little more now just uh, for the longevity of a 17-game you know, season. And then <laughs> – with all of the uh, rules in play, but you know the passing game a little different back then uh, than it is now. Yes, yeah, Sam Howell, the commander's starting quarterback, was still in middle school the last time that the Baltimore Ravens had lost a preseason game. That is just absolutely wild to say. Uh, you got all these young guns coming up now uh, in the NFL, all the old guard kind of falling off for the quarterbacks. Hell, what, Aaron Rodgers... Is Aaron Rodgers now the longest tenured player in the NFL, or was he the second longest? There's probably a kicker. Uh, it's a little longer than him. I'd have to I'd have to go get the research department uh, on that. But my God, yeah, the young guns coming up here uh, in the NFL. You see a big movement, and I wanted to dive, you know, right into one of our own young guns. That would be one Jordan Love momentarily. Um, I've been watching, as you all have, I hope, you know, preseason games. If not, you know, whatever. You're missing about two to three series of Jordan Love. Uh, but a lot of people uh, starting to glom on on the national media landscape about Jordan Love. Now, you have your uh, Colin Cowards who are out there talking about how you know Jordan Love missing that one pass to Luke Musgrave in preseason game number one. Basically, that Jordan Love should throw in the towel, uh, quit, and he don't got it. You know, he ain't nothing. That <laughs> coward in his bold takes, obviously. And then you have other one else being like, yes, yeah, you know, I'm reserving judgment. I wait and see. Then you have another faction being like, this dude's going to carry us to the promised land. It's going to be Brett Favre into Aaron Rodgers uh, into Jordan Love. Well, the national media on the coward side, he was more of the extreme of, you know, this guy's a bum. He's not going to do it. I don't see it. Uh, a lot of the national media have them kind of in the middle, uh, kind of waiting to see uh, what's going to go on. You, know, you got your hot take kings out there, you know, like the cowards. Uh, on the other side, I haven't seen anyone anointing Jordan Love besides some cheeseheads, uh, Packer fans that, you know, aren't national media. They're just fans. But I'm starting to see yesterday, uh, watching a little bit of Get Up, uh, getting some clips of Dan Orvlosky talking about Jordan Love. They got some uh, commentators on there, too, talking about Jordan Love, about what they see uh, in this young kid here for uh, the Green Bay Packers. So we'll uh, dive into some Jay Love. We'll get the hype meter involving around him. You have uh, Packers uh, getting back to practice tomorrow. It's the last one that will be open to public for training camp. So if you want to get up there, I guess uh, it's your last hurrah uh, there at the Don Hudson Center tomorrow up in Green Bay. As Yes, today is Tuesday. So if you want to go check out Jordan Love and everyone in some glorified practices, I highly recommend getting up there. If not, then you have your final preseason game on Saturday. 
that would be against the Seattle Seahawks who are coming into town. And, uh, you know, we had no more joint practices. They had them with the Cincinnati Bengals at first down in Cincy. Now they took on the Bengals. We all saw what happened there, you know. Then they had joint practices with the New England Patriots. They just had their second preseason game, a night game at Lambeau Field. We all saw what happened there. And we'll dive more into it as well. I've been, you know, rewatching some of the uh, some of the highlights, some of the lowlights, some of the uh, all lights. And I got a lot of comments there. And then Matt LaFleur coming out and talking about Jordan Love, saying that he will indeed be playing Saturday against the Seahawks. Here's the head coach. He's going to play. What's the, what's the value in that for you? I don't think you can give these guys enough young players, in particular that position, enough reps. I really don't. I think there's something, too, like, like we mentioned, and we strategically did this. So we had a night game, the approach and how you prepare for a night game. Now we have a noon kick at home. So I, I think there's a lot of value in that getting experience going not that he hasn't done it before because he has but i still think there's he's in a different role how much he'll play i'll let you guys know on game day the floor being a little secretive there at the end uh but yeah i love how uh, our guy mike clemens sent us the audio and uh the title says matt lafleur drops bombshell <laughs> jordan love will play in the final preseason game I don't know how big of a bombshell that is. That's what you want to see, right? Uh, well, how long have we had Aaron Rodgers? And Rodgers did not need to play in the preseason games. Uh, you could potentially make the case last year when you had a lot of these, uh, you know, rookie wideouts and, and guys that, you know, didn't have rapport with Aaron Rodgers. You could easily make the case for that last year. But Jordan Love, I mean, the more reps, the more snaps, the better for Jordan Love as Listen, we don't know what we got. We just have the snippet of preseason games um, this year, you know, last year. And you have, what, a start against the Kansas City Chiefs in regular season last year. That was year, two years ago. That was not that good. And then you have just the dying embers of a game against the Eagles last season where, hell, he hit Christian Watson for a hell of a pass and looked pretty damn good, uh, albeit in garbage time. So you want to see Jordan Love playing in these preseason games. Now, you're probably going to get. What'd you get three, maybe I know people want to see four series uh, against uh, the Patriots last game as that one, you know, Josh Myers snapping that ball way over Jordan Love's head, kind of, you know, killing that drive. So maybe you wanted to see a fourth from Jordan Love, but you're going to see him. And then it's the waiting game after that. Then you go dark. There's no more preseason. Then all of a sudden you get a little college football under the belt. Wisconsin Badgers, September 2nd, taking on the Buffalo Bulls. And then you parlay it in the next weekend to the Green Bay Packers going on the Soldier Field to take on the Chicago Bears. And you hope that they can continue on supremacy uh, against uh, their rivals down there in Illinois. God, I can't wait. Football is just about here, babies. It is, mm, it is feeling so good. So we'll get more into Jordan Love here coming up. We'll get your hype meter. I got a Twitter poll I want to get out there. Uh, we'll have more audio uh, from Matt LaFleur, Jordan Love. You know, we got uh, everyone else, too, from Rich Basaccia, special teams. Uh, Anders Carlson, if you want to hear from him, and is uh, making some field goals. Then you got Joe Barry, uh, the defense, and uh, all kinds of goodies here today when it comes to the NFL. Also going to get into some of these young guns and uh, across the league for quarterbacks and just where we're looking at in the NFC and realistic expectations for the Green Bay Packers, because the more you look at the NFC, the more kind of wide open it is. And the, I have a hard time getting behind the Lions. I don't know about you, 608-321-1670. Are you behind the Lions and winning the NFC North? I have a hard time getting behind the Lions. Why? It's the Detroit Lions. They are habitual losers. How many times have we seen this where they get a little, well, not a lot. They get some hype and all of a sudden they fall flat on their face. It's the Lions. The Vikings, they were one of the luckiest teams in the NFL last year. It's a metric that is actually measurable. And they won a lot of one-score games. you got to give them credit for it, not taking anything away. Kirk Cousins, kind of like the guy more than I watched uh, some of this quarterback uh, Netflix documentary. If you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend it. Kirk Cousins, my God, that guy goes through a lot to prepare each and every Sunday in the football season kind of kind of grew my heart a little bit for Kirk Cousins. But look at the Vikings. They uh, lost some talent on their roster. And then you look at the Chicago Bears, who were the worst team in the NFL last year. Three wins. 
And then you see what Justin Fields have done in one game of preseason, that everyone's anointing him uh, the next king of the NFC North with Aaron Rodgers gone. The guy completed three passes, three for three, and all of them were basically behind the line of scrimmage. And all his receivers got their yak. So you look at Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears roster, who they got a lot of money to spend. They had a lot of draft picks, and they kind of revamped their team. You look at that NFC North, it is pretty much wide open. The biggest question mark, well, is the, are the Packers the biggest question mark? What team is the biggest question in the NFC North? Is it the Green Bay Packers just because the quarterback position is the most you know looked at, dissected, a premier position in the NFL, and we don't know what we have in Jordan Love? Well, what do you got in Justin Fields? We know what we got in Kirk Cousins. And then you got Jared Goff. He's consistently average, I would say. So you look at this NFC North, there's a lot of layers of this onion to peel back. Again, would love to hear from you. Hype Train, uh, Jordan Love, how you feeling about him? And who realistically in the NFC North is going to be taken? Reign and Supreme, 608 321 1670. We also have uh, Badgers on the brain today. I already alluded to it, inching closer and closer to that September 2nd matchup against the Buffalo Bulls. Jonathan Taylor, he is a former Badger, obviously. He is on the trading block now in the NFL. We got some drama there. Speaking of running backs, Braylon Allen, second team preseason All-American. Love to see it. And then we have some baseball, too. Your Milwaukee Brewers, number one in the NL Central. And now we'll host uh, the Minnesota Twins coming up. Oh, college football, baby. It is just about here. I can't believe I'm saying this next. Mm. Not this weekend. Next, next weekend. But, well, okay. There for are Wisconsin. Games. Week zero is week this zero, weekend. Yeah. Um, in, the first, well, in Ireland. You know, say what you will about some of the matchups. I saw somebody complaining the ESPN primetime game is UMass versus New Mexico State. That's, like you're not going to watch, though? Come and, on. USC plays on the Pac-12 network, yeah. which nobody gets. <laughs> uh, is that? Did they ever? Is that Apple Plus? I don't know. Or is that the one they're trying to get? And that's why that's the one. Everyone else, the Pac-12 is like, still right, whatever we're out the of here, old dude. deal is. So yeah. whatever the Pac-12 network's on, like I don't know the providers. Like, yeah. Hopefully, I can turn that on on Directv. <laughs> I don't know. Fingers crossed. Um, but oh, you know, you're good. Okay, anywhere across the United States, there are multiple options for Pac-12, Comcast, Infinity, Charter, Spectrum. Uh, Cox with an X and Dish Network, oh, as well as Sling Rowdy TV. Rowdy can watch it. Oh well, yeah, the few things he can. He's got the Pac-12 Network. There you go. <laughs> I can see him being pissed off about it somehow. Uh, but yeah, like I'm a I'm, <laughs> I'm a degenerate football watcher. College, yeah. I mean, well, in NFL, but you're you're, a, you're like college through and through. Oh yeah, like I will turn on Maction on a Tuesday night. Yeah, like like and have it on. As background noise, and like, I watch the games that show up on CBS Sports Network. Whereas, whereas, like Grant, talking to Grant, he's getting into yeah, college we gotta, football. We got to get Grant more into college um, football. But like, he, where he can sit down on any given day and watch an NBA game, and it doesn't matter who's playing in it. Yeah, that's college football. Which college football one game means so much more, right? Than. A week's, two weeks worth of NBA games. Yeah. Um, and even, I don't even know when the NBA really starts to matter. Like, how many, how many games in the, the All-Star break? How many games in the NBA would be equivalent of one college football game? Like a, like a month's worth? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, I, I can sit down and watch... UMass, New Mexico State, or New Mexico, whichever one it is. I feel bitching about um, like these matchups. Like, it's going to watch. Football's back. Like, it's, yeah. it's exciting. It's, like, it's I, awesome. I honestly don't care. I will sit down and watch college football. Yeah. Even if it's like, to me, there's I'm, no such thing as bad college football. I'm excited. What about triple option teams? No. I'm excited to see Navy Notre Dame because I was reading yesterday uh, a couple of the Action News Network or whatever it was. Action Network? Yeah. Put Notre Dame on. Um, an upset alert to Navy. I'm like, hey, I don't know. I don't aren't know. they? Don't they have Na- Navy as a new head coach? Yeah, Navy's got a lot of because Ken Niamana. They retur- Did he resign or did he get fired? He. I, I think, think they resigned. I thought. I thought they, they fired think, him. I thought they allowed him to resign. Okay, I think it was one of those things like either Ken, you quit or we're gonna like can your ass. Wow, all you got to do is type in Ken and I, and he pops up. That's good because I would not have known well, how big, to spell that. Big Brother's listening, obviously. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, anyway, well, Navy, I mean, they're 20 and a half point dogs, but, you know, we'll see. Wait, what is that the day. upset? They like win by 19. They, they said Navy, Navy's going to control the clock. Obviously, going to control the clock because all they're going to do is run the football. Like, they're going to control the clock. They're going to ground and pound Notre Dame, who's got some, uh, you know, some upheaval over the offseason. And then they could potentially, you know, beat Notre Dame. I don't oh, buy into it. But. His contract expired. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. So he wasn't just he there for like. Retained. Uh, from wasn't there a long time? Oh seven yeah. to twenty twenty two. But he was on staff in two thousand two, so he had been on staff for twenty years. Damn, and was actually at Navy, also ninety five, ninety six, uh, and then ninety. I like watching to ninety eight. I like watching so ninety five to ninety eight triple option. Oh two to twenty two. Yeah, um, it's. It's all oh, fun. So, you know, the Swamp Boys uh, is coming out. Yes. I, <laughs> this person was doing a breakdown of, he goes, the top thing I hope everybody notices when this thing comes out is that when Florida won its national championships, they were running the triple option out of a different, <laughs> and, like he's showing all these clips. It's all you can see now when you yeah, look at it. Like, that's the triple they, option. They were just doing it without a running back. Well, I mean, Tim Tebow was essentially, right. yeah. But yeah, like they were running an option like all the time. <laughs> I honestly had no clue. So now it makes sense why Tim Tebow couldn't transfer over into the NFL because they were running the option. Let the man run the triple option in the NFL and let's go. And I probably knew it at the time. It was just, dude, there was a uh, something forgotten about it. <laughs> There's something that came out too um, from the uh, the Swamp Boys. Is that Wednesday that comes out? I, th- I think so. It was, uh, or is that today? Well, it might be today. I'll look at I'm not sure. I'll just go log into Netflix and these, go check. These untolds are usually just one episode. This one's four. Well, there's so much right. layers. You're probably going to have a Tebow. You're probably going to have a Hernandez. You're probably going to have Pouncey a Herbs, Brothers. And then a Pouncey Brothers. Yeah. And then throw Cooper in there somewhere. Oh, I forgot Cooper Rush was in there. What a, dude, what a team. Um, the one thing that I got from it, and we'll have to bring it up a little later, is I saw this headline, Tim Tebow's Florida teammates chased him around with photos of naked women to test his virginity. Sounds about right. <laughs> I can see the Pouncy Brothers just like chasing around. How everywhere. is that testing? Like, he's what not, are you gonna, you're not going to fornicate with he, a piece of paper. He's not a eunuch. Yeah, he's not 13 years old. Like, <laughs> he's, he's not, <laughs> what? Like, he's not going to take the you know r- r- run off to the bathroom with this you know, this printout of some some nudie magazine. But uh, we'll have to get into it a little later. But yeah, uh, week zero upon us. But then we have. Obviously, uh, September 2nd, Wisconsin and Buffalo. And RJ and I were talking a little off air before the Razor's Edge coming up here. Tanner Mordecai, this dude, he's going to break Russell Wilson's record for passing for Wisconsin. This offense, at its potential, um, probably has a good chance to to beat Wisconsin's uh, 2011 season. I'm I'm trying to think of a, a better season than that when you had... Russell Wilson for three over three thousand yards mm-hmm. uh, passing. You had Monte Ball almost. I mean, he was under a hundred yards away from two thousand yards rushing. Yeah, and uh, it like it, it's just one of those. You look at that season, and it, it was one of those where you're like, can they do better than that? Like, I don't know. And like, I. <laughs> It's going to be the same style of offense out of the spread. That's what I'm. That's what we're going to see here. Like, we, and you know, I've get up a little upset. Uh, not the upset. air raid, RJ. When you hear the air raid that Phil Longo brings, he's like, "It's not. It's not the air raid." Did you ever hear everybody talking about North Carolina running the air raid? No. You want to know why? Because North Carolina wasn't running the air raid <laughs> under Longo. Did you ever hear them calling? Phil Longo's offense at Ole Miss, the air raid? I can't say I have. You want to know why? Because they were running power spread. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't running the air raid. So what are they What are they going to be running here coming up, RJ? I keep air, They're everyone, be, air raid this, hey, air raid you that. You know what? If you want to call it the dairy raid, go right ahead because it's not the air raid. I don't think anyone else will be picking up on that name no. across the country. No. I see like national pundits trying to get that started and it's just not. Uh, it, no. I just sh- 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 shut your mouth. <laughs> I just don't care for the name. 
but like I, I get it because it's Wisconsin. Yada it's yada got yada. Air in there. Yeah, it's it's clever. I understand it. But at the same time, I was like, I don't know about this. I guarantee during the first broadcast, that's going to be one of the key points of. Well, game, the, game points. Will the dairy raid work? It'll be the same thing as when Braylon Allen was 17. It, the announcer will get on there, and he'll be like, he thinks he's the first guy to say this. And Braylon Allen gets into the end zone. Did you know he's only 17? <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude. Yeah. We hear it every single game from he you guys. He should be going to prom this year. Yeah, okay. Tanner Mordecai <laughs> will drop back, you know, uncork a, you know, a touchdown pass from like 40 out. They're like, and that's the dairy raid offense. It's like, oh, yeah. It's going to be Dairy Raid this year. <laughs> yeah, Dairy Raid will be the new Braylon Allen 17. <laughs> I'm calling it. I'm calling it now. I, Yeah, because what else is it going to be? You got anything else that's popping up that people are already keep saying during fall? I just camp? like saying Dairy Raid, wink, wink, and then seeing you cringe. Right? <laughs> See, I can handle Dairy Raid because at least the it, air makes raid. It, it makes it region regionality here. Yeah. It's the Air Raid, RJ, wink, wink. It's not. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's not the air raid because every stop he's made, nobody else has called it the air raid because nobody is strictly stuck to the the power eye with the fullback. They've just spread things out more. Yeah. Line two, good morning. I celebrated by going to bed. Oh, G-Dub, our guy G-Dub in the <laughs> house. work or something? G-Dub, how blessed and amazing do you feel today knowing that the commanders stopped Harbaugh and the Ravens of 25 in a row? In the words of Mr. Miyagi, I feel pretty okay. <laughs> I feel okay. You gonna wax on, wax off today? Yeah. No, it was. It was. Uh, you know. You know what's really annoying is Troy. And I never really noticed it until last night. What? Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. You don't like him? Oh, that's why I turn on the Manning cast not. now. Whenever it's on. What's wrong with America's booth? I go with the Manning cast now. It's great. Yeah, did you hear them? Because this is what got me. They I, complained. What's their contract? They get like a what? Did they get a hundred million dollar contract each of them? Something, something, like, that. something like that. Yeah. It's some godly. They got ridiculous money. They were when you complain about broadcasting a preseason. I get it, but you're getting paid that much money. Shut the hell up! <laughs> like, just, just call. Who cares if it's a preseason game? Like, doesn't that get old? Like, oh, it's pretty, like, can we just get out of here? Well, they're like, they're you tuning up their game, too, for the regular season. You feel like you'd, like, take all the reps you would want, you know? And need. Exactly. Like, who cares? Like, and Joe Buck's got to sh- show off his hair plugs. Like, there's a reason why he yeah. gets hair plugs, to show them off. Exactly. Just shut <laughs> up. You don't get hair plugs to sit at home hair. alone. Exactly. All right, like, G-Dub. They are, I can't stand them. I can't stand him. Gita, before I tell you why your commanders are doomed uh, for this season and here on out, um, I have to ask you this. What do you think of Sam Howell? Oh, it's, I'm not surprised by it at all. At all. The dude has a he, – he made a couple of big boy throws last night. That third and 15 where he threaded it to uh, Cole Turner was, holy God, I got out of my seat. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I'm telling you, that it, it, for all you dudes that play fantasy football, Cole Turner is going to be good. And, um, um, what the hell? Uh, do we think, do we think scary? Yeah, scary what scary do we Terry. think about scary Terry? Is scary Terry going to be okay? Is he going to be all right? Oh, he'll be okay. Uh, x-rays are negative. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Didn't hear that part. All right. All right, G-Dub, here's, here's, um, here's, here's why I think that you guys are going to be doomed, even, uh, with Dam Snyder away from the team, right? So Dan Snyder, oh, right. he was a jabroni, you know, never did anything yeah. good for, you know, Washington. Uh, terrible, right? Right. I saw your. Uh, I was watching, obviously, the America's Booth last night, and your. Who's the principal owner? Who's the guy? What the hell's his name? Uh, that was up there talking to Buck and Aikman. Forget his name. Yes, um, that's Harris. Josh Harris. Here's why I know it's going to be bad for you guys because it, it always trickles down from the top. When you have a weak leader, everything else below it's not going to be that great. Joe Buck, or yeah, Joe Buck went to go shake this dude's hand. And the handshake that he delivered back was the most limpest wrist, dead fish, yes. oh, no. weakest yes. handshake I have ever seen put out there. I, I, I cringed. <laughs> I cringed watching it, and I immediately thought to myself, the commanders are doomed with this guy uh, at the helm. He, he, I, okay, so a handshake like goes a long I'm way. Right. A handshake yeah, goes a long way, that, and this guy's handshake was limp and dead. Yes. Did you see his, his, his posture and his stance? 
He yes. looks like a complete weenie. How do you that get like, how do you get to that level of like millionaire billionaire with a, a limp wrist handshake? Not only that, you're the owner of the team, and you come up there with a, not even a matching polo of the, the team colors. <laughs> he he went, didn't even have like any gear on, like not even a hat, not, like a shirt or something. Yeah, not even bag. not even a logo on his polo. Yes, like at, like he could have been just Joe Schmo from from the stadium that, that you know he's selling hot dogs like. He, you're the owner of the team, and you have nothing on to saying like, "Hey, I'm a proud owner." Like, right now. what happened there? I don't, was Joe Buck even trying to shake his hand? He like reached out and like grabbed, he like grabbed his Joe Buck's like index finger and middle finger, and then like shook it. It was biz- I don't even know. It was well, so bizarre. Dougie, Dougie, yeah, Facetime is like during halftime. He's like, I think he's drunk. <laughs> I thought, and I, I kind of thought the same thing. I bet you he was ambled. He was ham, like his posture, everything, his little. Just the way he was standing, like he was scared. Like it was, it was very awkward and odd. So, <laughs> and, they did it for, and they did it for two segments, which is like weird. I will say that it was kind of strange. And like, I'm like, how do you like what handshake? The handshake alone is what creeped me out the most. Like that's, <laughs> I, I was, I if I felt bad for Joe Buck when it happened. I was like, this is cringe. Yeah. Everything okay, Joe? So, like you, I don't I've had the worst handshake I ever had. Like usually when I get a bad handshake, I can tell a lot by a person by it, and they usually always prove me right in my assumptions. I will say this, though. <laughs> the first time that I met our intern, Stone Cold Intern Austin, he I reached out to shake his hand when he was like taking a tour with uh, my boss, and when I shook his yeah. hand, it was it was terrible. It was He like grabbed the tip of my fingers, and it was like very <laughs> weak, and like it was very dainty, I would say. And I'm like, oh, okay, God. He- like, this is going to be a terrible internship. He actually turned it around. Outside of his handshake, Dougie. he's done pretty well ever since. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Dougie, Dougie doesn't like uh, Austin. I already made it Austin. Yeah, he well, does, he's not a big fan of It's because he's a Michigan man, Michigan fan? He's Michigan, whatever. He's like, what is he like, uh, Bears or Cubs? No, he's Packers. Like. Packers, Cubs. Packers, Bears. No, I'm sorry. Packers, Packers Cubs. Cubs. <laughs> Packers, Cubs, uh, Wolverines. Okay. Yeah. Ah, interesting. The, uh, hey, 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 did, did Polly call in? He called in last, week? last week or two weeks ago. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he, he called. Okay? Well, he called in from rehab in Florida. Uh, so he's uh, so he's doing okay. so he's doing better. He's, he's doing better. He is okay. He is okay, yeah, and he's now, doing better. It's one day at a time, G Dub. <laughs> now it makes sense. Tell tell him I says hi. Yeah, okay? we'll, we'll do. Yeah, I, I can, I'm, I'm fine with saying that because he said it on air. Like He's like, yeah, I'm calling from rehab in Florida. Yeah, yeah. right. So we have one hand, we have Charlie calling us from detox or the emergency room. They got Polly calling us from you know rehab. And then we got everyone else in between. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love you, Polly. Uh, we love You're you, awesome. too. Hey, congrats to your commanders, man. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> See you, G-Dub. <laughs> See you, buddy. All right, 608-321-1670. Let's see your handshakes. Hey, there's Havlick County's newest hero. Here's uh, King of the Hill when right. Hank Hill right shakes the hand and meets hero. George Bush. <laughs> and I'm the boy's dad. I need your vote, partner. Well, you got it, Governor Bush. Here's the handshake. And, and GW throws the limp wrist on Hank Hill. <laughs> What's wrong, Hank? Oh, my God. His handshake. <laughs> it's limp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, there's nothing worse than a limp handshake. I don't I don't understand like the, the Washington Commanders dude, how you got to that high in a business life with a weak limp handshake. It is just ugh, terrible. Anyone out there, teach your kids to have a good handshake on them. Always Says a lot. I a flabby handshake myself. All right. <laughs> All right, RJ, we got our guy Zach Halpern coming up here at uh, 735. Uh, 735. We were asking the question, we'll get back to Jordan Love, but we were asking the question, will Tanner Mordecai, will he beat Russell Wilson's single season passing mark? 3,175 yards, 2011. Only Badger quarterback to go over 3K. I think he's got better receivers. <laughs> Dude, these receivers are the truth. Um, let's see here. Russell Wilson, uh, his percentage, 72.8%. Is that, is that good? That's number one. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, Russell Wilson also 33 touchdowns. 
in 2011. Mm-hmm. Will Tanner Mordecai be able to beat that as well? I feel like if you're popping over the yardage of Russell Wilson, I feel like you'd probably be potentially beating the yeah. 33 tutties. I mean, it'd be, it'd definitely be a better, you got a better percentage uh, wise to, to go on over that, yeah. I think. Um, Russell Wilson, I mean, strange dude, I'll tell you that. But man, was he exciting for that one year at Wisconsin. Cause, I mean, look at some of your leading receivers. Aberderis, Nick Toon, uh, Jacob Pedersen, uh, Brady Ewing had almost 250 yards. Hell yeah. Uh, Jeff Duckworth. Brady to man. Uh, Monte Ball had 300. James White had 150. Uh, I mean, the the receiving core Wisconsin has now is much better than the receiving core they had here. Yeah, but I mean, you did have two 900-yard uh, receivers where I think if that's the case here, I think talent-wise, it's a little deeper, so you might not even see anybody hit a thousand yards receiving because that's how many good receivers they have right now. But I mean, if there's a rapport with somebody, we could see maybe one, and then a lot of people will get close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it'll it'll just be interesting to see. Uh, and like I said, I think it's going to be the same kind of offense, just without a fullback in there. Um, oh, all right, it's going to be more, man. more of a spread power than it will be. Uh, and yeah. airy. Yeah. Gonna yeah, spit some bars here. I'm gonna spit some bars with our guy Zach Halperin. God's gift to Wisconsin sports coverage. Uh. Our sports director Zach Halperin. Zachy, what's up, brother? What's going on? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what you gonna do, brother, when these 24 inch pythons come for you? Mm. Hey, Zach. Hey, Evo. Braylon Allen, a dark horse for Heisman. Uh, second team for uh, All-American and I saw with my readings a dark horse candidate for the Heisman candidacy. What do you think? That's not very redundant. I can see it. I can see it. I mean, again, I could see both him and Tanner Mordecai as like dark horses. That's what I was going to get Tanner Mordecai. Yeah, Tanner Mordecai I could see just because he's going to be throwing the ball a lot and he's going to be an offense that you would expect to be scoring a lot and he put up big numbers at SMU. If I had to decide between the two, I'd probably pick him. But Braylon, just because Braylon, he, he, Tanner Mordecai's not going to be sharing snaps. Braylon's going to be sharing uh, some snaps with Chez. They're going to be on the field together at times, but he's not going to get it like 25 times a game. He's probably going to be closer to 17 or 18 times a game, at least in the run game. I think he could jump up there, especially if they get him involved in the pass game like they said they're going to. Um, what do they want, 50 so, catches? They, Yes, he wanted he wanted fifty catches. There's only one running back in Wisconsin history that has over fifty catches. Uh, it was Brian Calhoun BC? in 2005. But this is a different offense, right? So it's Air hard run. to do. But two years ago, or uh, yeah, no, in 2020, Javante Carter and, and Michael Williams had a combined fifty catches. Those guys both ran for over two a uh, thousand yards down in North Carolina for so long ago. So. Maybe that's a little bit more re- realistic, but hey, if they're going to force see Braylon Allen. That's just fine for for Wisconsin. Probably just fine for Braylon too. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, totally. Speaking of Tanner Mordecai, uh, we were talking today. I know it's been the scuttlebutt for uh, you know everyone when it comes to this uh, Wisconsin team, this new reiteration of it coming into the season. Will Tanner Mordecai surpass the Russell Wilson single season uh, yard mark of three thousand one hundred and seventy five, Zachy? He's done it the past two years at SMU. Um, <laughs> that one's tough. That one's tough. I was thinking about that, too, because I did my little list of the 10 best uh, seasons by a Badger player, and Russell Wilson, uh, uh, number four, based on what he did in 2011. He set the record for yards. He set the record for touchdowns. He set the record for pass efficiency. He's second in um, completion percentage. Like He's got all these, all these best things ever at Wisconsin. They're going to be tough to pass. Uh, but you look at what Jack Cohn did in 2019. He wasn't that far off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a, I think it's a possibility. I think it's a possibility. But if it works, if he does, it means the offense is running the way that Phil Longo wants it to. Better wide receiver room, 2011 Russell Wilson's or Tanner Mordecai's coming up. I mean, it's not even the room itself. It's not really close. <laughs> the top two. The top two is tough, though, right? Like, because Nick Toon and Jared Aberderis are both NFL receivers. Yeah, both um, had almost 1,000 you know. yards. Yeah. So, I, 
I probably like over top two, probably that that room, this room overall by far. Yeah, I'm. Uh, vibes are running high, Zach. Now, was there uh, some? Now, you guys finally got to back to see practice. What on? Was it Saturday? Yeah, that's that's nice that you guys are back in there. Feels good. Well, be good. Yeah. It was, after your <laughs> after your suspension. Yeah. <laughs> There, there was no suspension. Uh, there was no suspension. Nope. You guys nope. broke some news. Uh, 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 what are we doing here, RJ? Nothing. I'm trying to talk over. Yeah. No. So nothing happened. Yeah. So we got we we got to go back in there on Saturday because the Big Ten Network was also there, and they're like, "Well, I mean, if they're going to be here. Might might as well let." So I said, "Let my back people in." Well. in. So, yeah, and so we did, and uh, yeah, we got to see a lot of scrimmaging, a lot of scrimmaging on Saturday. Were Were there some injuries? Did I see like a couple of guys might be banged up for week one? Not in that, not in the scrimmages, but we did get to see a, a few guys that were potentially going to play some, especially Jake Renfro, who's their center, yeah. was going to be their center coming coming over from Cincinnati. He's dealing with a foot sprain, probably unlikely to play week one. Luke Fickle wasn't sure that they had him back for week two, week three, and then Riley Nowakowski, who moved from fullback to tight end and was playing quite a bit. The first team is also out about that time, same time frame as well. He's got a foot injury too. So those, those two certainly stand out. Um, overall though, they're relatively healthy. They're, they're in pretty good health with all their, their most important players like quarterback and running back and wide receiver. Sure. So well, what about yeah. tight end? Like I, I know, we, overall. I know you, you brush in a little bit though, but like, What's happening with the tight end position? <laughs> tight end is a little thin. Turn the tight lights out thin. if you're the last person. Yeah, who's leaving <laughs> left? Yeah, so they were down to four guys on Saturday. Hayden Rucci, Tucker Ashcraft, Jack, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Cole Dokovich, and JT Seagraves. And probably a lot of people are like, who the hell are those guys? Outside <laughs> of Hayden Rucci, none of them have played, right? So. Yeah. Tucker Ashcraft was coming on. He's a true freshman out of Washington. He was coming on, was probably going to get first-team reps anyways at some point, but now it's kind of almost by default that he's going to get a ton of playing time, and so will Hayden Rucci. They're without Jack Pugh, who's dealing with a, a personal matter. They lost, obviously, two guys before the season and in uh, Jack Eschenbach and in Clay Cundiff, and now they were without Riley Nowakowski. They're hurting. They're hurting at the position. They were thin going in. They're even thinner now, and... Luke Fickle, I asked Luke Fickle if it was a possibility they moved people into that room from other places, and he laughed and said, we have thought about it. And then <laughs> he also mentioned potentially, he potentially said, you know, there's got versatile guys like a Jackson Acre who played fullback, and Chris Brooks Jr. is a big wide receiver. He's about 6'2", 225, that they think are versatile enough to be able to play at, at tight end. The Beastie Boys once said versatile, like numbers beyond what you can dial, Zach. So, there you go. Uh, Evo, this is a this is a sports show. Please don't talk about music. Oh yeah, sorry, my yeah. bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. I forgot. Uh, sometimes I, the the haters are never mad enough. Zach, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, how dare you have a four hour show and ninety five percent of it's about sports, and that five percent doesn't talk about sports? I'm gonna tweet about you it. Son of a. And I'm mad. I'm gonna. I'm mad, mad as hell. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to hear about music anymore. All right, Zach. Season's upcoming, September 2nd. How are we feeling for you personally? New era upon us, Luke Fickle. Everything's a little different. You guys back at practice. How are you feeling entering in uh, whatever season you are now of covering Wisconsin football? Yeah. This is, <laughs> yeah. This is, this yeah. is year 11. I have to have to come in on Saturday, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is all new for you, Zach. You're 11, and this is something that's – this is air, this is air raid yeah, offense yeah. coming in. Cautiously optimistic. I guess maybe if I hadn't seen practice, I'd feel a little bit better. That's not to say that there has been a lot of horrible things, but when you see a team for that long, you see their warts. And, you know, there are some warts just because they're, it's, so, it's so new. But I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that things are going to go really, really, really well this year. I haven't yet made a prediction. I won't make a prediction. Undefeated. Until next until next week. We're uh, going to be doing our predictions on the camp, so check that out. But I'm feeling, I mean, not, I think double-digit wins is a possibility. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, yeah, was uh, ESPN's. Look at the schedule. Had a written, look at it. I've been looking look at, at the it. Schedule. Look at it. Look, look at it. Look at it. Look at it right now. Look at it. Look at Do it. you see? Look at it right now. Do you see? Do you see and see potentially double-digit wins there? Me. 
I see 10 wins. Yeah, I mean, I can see it. I, I saw, it. was it Adam Rittenberg for ESPN said 9-3 and three would be, uh, and uh, I don't know where the losses would come from. It's from Iowa, Ohio State. And Illinois. And Illinois. That's basically what he said. Yeah. Um, so essentially a three-game losing streak in the middle of the season. They're gonna go <laughs> I, just, yeah. I don't see that. But, yeah. The Iowa, they, does not, Iowa even score points? I don't see yeah, that's the thing. Like, what happens with Iowa? How hurt is Cade McNamara? Is that going to be something that's going to keep him out extended time? He's not practicing right now, uh, and he has a little bit of history with knee injuries. I'm not convinced that just because he's their quarterback, they're all of a sudden going to score a ton of points. And that game's in Madison. Illinois, probably going to be a tough one. Yep. Like right pumpkin. They, it's, I mean, how um, often has Wisconsin lost it to Illinois? Yeah. Well, Not I mean, Brett Bielema brings a little panache, you know. He brings a little extra gravy right. to the table. He, yes, he's he's legit. You know who's he has a the he- most he's a hell of a blocker. About, yeah. Oh, but uh, guess what? Oh, our savior, our savior, Elon Musk. Oh yeah. Take the block button away. Take the block it away. And I'm going to be free. Are you? <laughs> so Bielema still has you blocked currently, but. If, if if Elon Musk has his way, which longer. I assume it will happen, the block button will be no more, and you will be yeah because he's he's never promised anything and, and not delivered. See, I never I don't block people. I like muting people because when you block people, then you give them the satisfaction because they go to your account and says so and so blocked you. Like they give them the satisfaction yeah, that's, that's knowing that when you mute them. <laughs> When you mute them, you never see their stuff ever again. Never. But they can look it's at yours. It's not necessarily true. It's not necessarily true. Well, in my, in my case, it has been. So, like, the old tweet deck, I know we're getting a little I don't have tweet, the old tweet deck. <laughs> in the old tweet deck, you could you would get activity alerts. So, like, if somebody you followed uh, liked something, oh. somebody that, that you had, had muted, it showed up. That's why I had to, that's why I had to, yeah. Uh, so there were... <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. yeah, but so, yeah. so either way, Brett Bielma can only block me for so much longer, assuming Elon follows through, and we all know that he's very true to his word on everything he does. So I'm sure we'll, <laughs> I'm sure we'll be seeing that very, very soon. Hey, we do have a question coming in from Twitch for you, Zach. Uh, mm-hmm. Our guy York Daddy said, how did you get so handsome? No, he says, mm-hmm. that, was my, that was my question. He says, what happened to Eschenbach and Cam Large? Heard Cundiff ended his career due to injury, but didn't hear about the other two. Cam Large still is recovering from injuries. He's, he had two season ending knee injuries uh, as a 2021. And then he got one in camp in 2022. He is still with the program. He's actually working with the tight ends. It's unclear if he's going to be able to resume his career, but he has been around the program and he's been working like as a, almost a, an assistant student assistant with the tight ends here in fall camp. And Jack Eschenbach, I think he was going to come back for a six year. A lot of people were, um, kind of surprised with that and he walked and everything with that graduation and I think it was just a decision that he ended up making didn't want to didn't want to stay with the program but okay. yeah, Clay Cundiff was a little bit of a obviously injury as well mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah three guys three guys that were a big part were probably going to be or were a big part of the program in 2021 and probably would have been this year no longer there so yeah again just more thinning its position obviously all right zach i have one last question for you not badgers related but before mm. i do let you go and ask you that um i know you guys are on instagram now and uh, youtube if people want to you know get their hands and their earbuds and their you know their brains on the camp you and jesse temple's beautiful amazing handsome podcast how can they do so yeah, just just search the camp podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, YouTube. You can find it. Find it on YouTube. Find it on Instagram. Find it on Twitter. We are uh, we're expanding our our social reach. Just as uh, I just I go. Yeah, I know. I followed as, I followed as, the as camp on Instagram. And then to. and then next week, Thursday, right? Yes, next Thursday. Yes, back at Monk's Bar and Grill. A newish name, a newish logo. It's Temple in High Alfred, replacing Kenny in High Alfred, but. We are extremely excited for that. We're going to be six to seven out there and uh, enjoying ourselves, or at least I will be. I can't. I will be too. I I will be too. I can't wait to get out there and get called out for calling something hot and spicy that I didn't call hot and spicy. (laughs) I can't wait for afterwards where Zach and I get in some heated exchanges about God knows what. I, those are all things I'm looking forward to. (laughs) After a few brewskis. Have you informed Jesse Temple of this? Uh, I believe he'll be heading out the door just as soon as the show ends. Like Ben, oh, like Ben, okay. just like yeah. Ben did last there year. We go. It's fine. Yes, that- but I think it has. It probably has more to do with you guys than anything. But oh. uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm did, kidding. Well, just I'm like kidding. Ben Kenny, then. Yeah, just like Ben <laughs> Kenny. 
Yeah. <laughs> Swap out no Ben for Jesse. Yep. Same oh, thing. No soda water, just just water. Yeah, Jesse's just got better hair. All right, yeah, Zach. Significantly. Before I let you go, uh, you tweeted it out after the second preseason game. These young Packers are fun to watch. Not sure how many games they're going to win, though. How many games do you think these Packers win, Zach? Eight? Probably eight, nine. Oh, sure. Okay, that oh, works. Take it, man. I like it. Does that work? I, got, I, I, I probably should. I, could, I guess I could have been really. Oh, yeah, 13. Hey! It's 13. That's how many you're going to win. Yeah, you don't want to be held to that, though. No, I don't. Zach, we love you, buddy. Thanks you're so much awesome. for your time. You're you're awesome. Awesome. Huh? All right, guys. All right, welcome back in. Jordan Love, the big question mark for the Green Bay Packers. Colin Coward, if you listen to him, he says Love's a bum. That one pass that he didn't make to Luke Musgrave, preseason game number one. No bueno. Should just basically hang it up, quit, leave. Super Bowl can never be attainable for one Jordan Love. But then you listen to some other national media, and the tide is shifting a little bit. It went uh, for the unknown about Jordan Love. Like, I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know if this guy's going to be able to carry the torch. So now people are saying, you know what? I think this guy's got something. And that was after uh, that nice little touchdown pass he had to what Jaden Reed after finding Romeo Dobbs on the sideline as well in that, uh, not the first drive. That was kind of a stinker just because of the snap was put over Jordan Love's head. Not his fault. A second series or whatever, and then the third, you're like, yeah, I can see some flash of this. So nationally, a lot of people are like, okay, okay. I see Jordan Love doing some things out there. I wanted to play this as Dan Orvlowski talking about uh, Jordan Love, love it on love, and I wanted to get your take on it at 608-321-1670. This is on Get Up. Uh, they are talking about love. Take a listen. How Jordan Love has taken the lower body mechanics and matched them to his talent and their offense. That was the big question mark for him coming out of school. And he's been able to work at it and work at it. And then now the confidence in what he's doing. One hitch, drive the football. Two hitch, check down. A little bit of a slower hitch. And then you're watching this young player develop. And then watching some of the young talent around him develop. Romeo Dobbs, Luke Musgrave, Christian Watson. So... You know, Green Bay's set up right now, and I've talked about this since I feel March, that if Jordan Love is average, they're a playoff team. Right now, Jordan Love does not look average. Yeah, but pause it right there. If Jordan Love is average, the Green Bay Packers are a playoff team. He says right now, Jordan Love is not average. Could go one way, could go the other. Well, let's hear it. I understand it's the preseason. Right now, Jordan Love looks to be very, very good mm-hmm. and very settled. Ooh, that should be a problem for the rest of the NFC. Yeah, look. All right, I'm going to pause right there again. Jordan Love, Dan Orvlowski, Jordan Love looks very good. That's better than average. Talking about if you're an average quarterback, Jordan Love, you're making the playoffs. Jordan Love, though, going to be a problem in a good sense, in a good way, for the rest of the teams in the NFL. You look at the NFC North. It's a winnable division for the Green Bay Packers. There are some unknowns, yes. How will Jordan Love actually look when the lights are the brightest as opposed to preseason? We'll see. We saw it in the Eagles game, right? It was some garbage time, but, man, did he look good, especially with Christian Watson. We also saw the bad before against the Kansas City Chiefs where it did not look good. But you got more time under his belt, more practice under his belt, more reps under his belt. And Jordan Love, again, in a winnable NFC North could be a problem. Here's more from... um, uh, get up that I was listening to. I mean, we, we can only react to what we've seen. The evidence is what the evidence is. We understand it could turn around quickly. Sure. The stuff that really matters hasn't started yet, but so far, so good. Dominique, what's the most important piece of this to you? Yeah, I would love nothing more than to come and pour cold water on Dan's quarterback excitement, but I have to agree with what Jordan Love has done so far. And I think it's important that we understand that young player success, especially quarterback success, is about the institution's success. When young quarterbacks fail, I think we have to point out that they're often put in a bad situation. So when young quarterbacks succeed, we have to also celebrate that Brian Gutekunst and that uh, organization has done a good job of surrounding him with talent, giving him the time that he needed to develop and put him in a good situation but I think Dan's right I think that Jordan Love and the Packers are going to be contenders in the NFC this season all right so there you go that was from uh get up now um the second guy talking Brian Gutekunst has done a really good job in surrounding him with talent that's the other unknown right you look at this talent you got Aaron Jones you got AJ Dillon there's talent 
Offensive line, solid. The question then becomes, well, offensive line, David Bakhtiari, is he going to be able to be a constant, right, to protect J-Love? But then you look at the talent that they're talking about. We don't know about the quote-unquote talent surrounding Jordan Love. We've seen flashes of it. Christian Watson had some of it. Romeo Dobbs had some of it. But then they were hurt. They didn't play the whole season. You saw flashes of it with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the football. So I know Jordan Love has got a huge connection, huge rapport with Romeo Dobbs over the offseason. And you saw it in that pass that he hit in the game against the Patriots. You saw it, you know, Jaden Reed coming out there with that laser that Jordan Love threw into him against the Patriots uh, and then ran it into the end zone. That was beautiful. Jordan Love looked damn good at that with A.J. Dillon throwing a vicious block on a play-action play that got it in the end zone. It was, it was poetry in motion. The question, though, is can it be done cons- you know, consistently in the regular season? Is this preseason? 608-321-1670, where are you feeling on Jordan Love? Where's your meter at? Does he have it? Does he not? In a small sample size that we have so far, would love to hear from you. Again, 608 321 1670. Uh, we'll get more into Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. Got some uh, more audio to get to. And Jordan Love will be playing in that third preseason game. Matt LaFleur uh, was talking about it yesterday. That Love uh, didn't say how many series that he was going to play, but will be in against the Seattle Seahawks for that noon kickoff on Saturday. Also, we're talking MC North today. <laughs> like I said a little earlier, a little bit ago, it's a very winnable division. Do you believe in the Lions? Do you honestly, in your heart of hearts, deep down, dark places where people don't talk about it, do you believe in the Lions? Is it Kirk Cousins and the Vikings? They lost some talent. Is it Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears, the worst team in the NFL last year? Or could it really be the Green Bay Packers? Question marks on offense, but you got a lot riding on that defense. I know Packer fans cringe when you think about the defense. Uh, uh, Joe Barry, the D.C., just about everyone hates him besides one of our guys, our great listener to the show, Vagabond Johnny, who's uh, not accepting any members but is in the Joe Barry fan club, the president of that. But is that defense the real deal? And can Jordan Love and these young receivers really ramp it up?